0: yo internet! Today we have a new episode of the podcast. We got an uh, amazing artist from Atlanta, Georgia, Blair LeBlanc. She is uh, a photographer, a painter, uh, a multimedia artist, and what is very interesting about her is her goal. She wants Larry Gogosian to see her art. It's specifically that goal that she is... Uh, Arranging the first part of her art career around. So let's talk with Blair and see what is she going to do to get Laurie Gogosian to notice her art. Welcome to Art Stop Being Poor, a club for visual creators across the globe, working together to grow our creative careers by educating, empowering, and driving you to reach all your wildest career goals. Connect, share your works, tips, and inspiration and let's grow together to become the best artists we can be. The myth of the starving artist is, bullshit. So let's work together to become thriving artists. Guiding you on this path, your host, me, Neville McQuick. Hi, Blair, thanks for joining. Hey, Stefan, good to meet you. Nice to meet you too, how are you? Good, how are you doing? I'm pretty good too. Uh, So you you wanted to talk to us and share a little bit about your new body of works. uh, The paintings that I've been seeing your your Instagram. Super flat, strong colors, Mm -hmm. some female forms. I just saw the the last couple of paintings you posted. Uh, So you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so
1: so I'm an artist from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I was born in the 90s and uh, then studied photography in college. Um, and after after school, I went up to New York and I uh, started painting up there pretty regularly, um, but I was working as like a freelance photographer. Um, so it was just kind of like something that I did for fun, um, you know, not for work or anything. Um, and then when I came back down to Georgia this year, um, the pandemic, you know, brought me back down here. I was living up in New York in March
0: and, uh,
1: when I came back down, I, of course, I was working as like an event photographer. So I started uh, painting more seriously and spending almost all of my time painting. Um, so this new body of work really came out of that, um, that just uh, working every single day. Um, yeah. so the, the, the paintings that you see uh, that, that I've been posting the past couple of days, I uh, are, are all kind of like from this one idea that I had, like, if if I can be like, what, what would make me a successful artist? And, and I thought like maybe the only thing that would make me like a successful artist and maybe do it in, in the fastest amount of time possible is if I made a painting that Larry Gagosian bought.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that, that started my um, kind of my very focused study on what makes a painting that Larry Gagosian would want to buy
0: And what did you, what, what, to what conclusions have your research brought you so far?
1: Uh, Well, I've learned, I've learned a lot of really interesting things. Um, So, I mean, there's actually like a few categories, or uh, the art market, I think, I think there's this myth in the art world that um, successful paintings kind of random. um, And art is, I mean, Andy Warhol said this, that art is just what you can get away with. And you can just kind of charge whatever you want for a piece of art. Um, but I found out uh, through studying the art market this summer, um, that there's, there's actually some very tight specific categories that go into making um, a successful painting. Um, in the past couple of years, for example, uh, here's a great tip, is uh, studies found that red paintings, are, above all other paintings are preferable it's the most preferable color. Um, and then the next color after that is blue versus maybe like a brown or a green painting isn't as successful.
0: I, I also heard that reflective art always always works very well because the viewer can see it, see themselves in the art. So that usually also, I heard it as like a little tip, you know, of good selling work. So mm-hmm. do you think you can, can come uh, with further research into like a checklist of everything a successful painting uh, would need to have?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I took a course at, uh, with uh, Sotheby's um, over, over the fall, uh, specifically about the art market and uh, uh, the, about the global art market. And, um, and so when they're determining the value of a painting, they, they have about like 10, 10 criteria. It's things like uh like the history of the painting, like where it's been sold, how many times it's been sold, uh, things like size, color, who the artist is, authenticity, um, so there are like very very kind of like clear things that that build the value of a painting yeah and, um, and, I, and- I, yeah please <laughs> okay i was I was just going to say and so so this kind of goes back to uh you know, when I first kind of got into art, like I was really into Andy Warhol. And um, I mean, later on, I, in high school, I read a book about Pablo Picasso and, and I kind of, and I kind of like knew I liked these artists, but I didn't really understand them very deeply. And uh, once I got to college and I got very, very deep into like the art world and sort of this uh, philosophical side of the art world, maybe outside of, um, like the artists that you would know just in popular culture. Um, if you're not maybe interested in art, you could name like Pablo Picasso, Basquiat, you know, Warhol. Yeah. Um, and so, so kind of studying like the art market side again. I've sort of gotten back into these artists that that I was really interested in when I was really young, before I knew anything about art. Um, and uh, and so I was I was thinking a little bit about like I, I see like a Basquiat painting behind. Um and so this is something that I think uh, Basquiat inspired painting, like I see a lot of his work in um in that behind you and uh and like like Keith Herring and these are artists that uh that really kind of understood um like what what would like communicate to people. Um they they really kind of understood like that uh the, those like art market things.
0: Yeah, and I think you can also, as you were saying, you know, these artists that resonated or that you heard about before mm-hmm. going to art school, I guess those are the artists that kind of broke through out of the art world and became part of, of mass culture. So they become, uh, in a sense, uh, artist brand that even if you're not a super nerd of the art world, you got to know about them. And uh, second, I think that the, the idea of, of copying uh, distinct mm-hmm. styles, motifs, iconographies, uh, everybody has been doing that in retrospect. You know, every painting is a, <laughs> it's a remix of everything that came before. You know, I think that's just like how inspiration works. But you can tap into that uh, from a very financial and crude point of view, too because you could go ahead and, and 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 research what kind of stuff is selling uh, and kind of adapt the that visual identity give it your own little flavor mm-hmm. and, and offering it's like yeah it's this is one of my paintings it's obviously basquiat inspired uh but the thing is uh, i know that there's already a market for that out there there are people that you know, love Basquiat, you know, and might not have the cash and want something similar, or just like the Basquiat street art kind of vibe, and you can cater to that. Because at the end of the day, coming with a completely original idea without any market proven track record, you know, it's kind of risky. So if you can analyze what came before and worked, Mm -hmm. you know, you get like one foot Uh, on front. And uh, tell us a little bit, you had your last, your first exhibition, like uh, a month or two ago. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well, I would love, I'd love to talk a little bit more about um, kind of what, what you're saying about making, like taking, taking an artist's work that's already known in the world and then bringing your yeah. own work. Um, what, like, I mean, I think money is great and I think it's, you know, really useful, helpful tool. Um, but also the thing is, uh, the the great thing that I think about being inspired or making work that uh, references Basquiat or Warhol or Picasso is that it's an entry point for, for viewers. Um, someone, someone who I think does this really well is someone like Cause. Like he, mm-hmm. uh, he makes work that is really relatable to... Um, to someone who's like never been to a museum before, um, and it and it makes like the museum like a much more welcoming place, and then it also also can can make some more money for the artist, so the artists can, uh, it, they they can like explore their interests in a um in a deeper way, and they can like hire other artists, and mm-hmm. so that that's kind of I mean like it is it is like about like making money, but I also see money as kind of this like tool that then generates a better um and so uh so the show that i had uh in september um that uh that was an exhibition called uh the new americans i had it in a city uh just outside of atlanta um in a town called athens georgia um and um and so I, that was my first painting exhibition. And really, really that was the beginning of this body of work. Uh, I've, I really, like at the beginning of this year, I just decided I was living in New York in January. I had no idea any any of this, um, any of uh, the virus coming. I was totally just blindsided by it. But um, in January, I just had decided like, I'm gonna make 2020 my year. and way that I just decided, I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, same here. (laughs) No, but seriously, I think, uh, I think just me kind of deciding to make it happen no matter what, um, it's given me uh, maybe like some grounding to like work off of. Uh, So I wake up every morning, like I just have built a practice for myself, regardless of how much money I'm making. I mean, I already had a year freelancing um, and freelancing is kind of uh, it's, you can make as much money as you want and work as much as you want. Um, so it d- requires a lot of personal discipline. So I'd already sort of started building that, but you know, deciding to just really commit to my art practice this year uh, has helped me to generate a lot of, a lot of work really quickly. Um, so this ex- exhibition that I had in September, you see the beginning of like the New American series that, that I've been making. And uh, then I just uh, installed a new exhibition. Um, I'm part of a group show at Swan Coach House Gallery in Atlanta, uh, where you see the newest iteration of this new Americans painting. Um, And so, so yeah, so, I think I think just uh, I want to I wanted to like talk a little bit about the American dream and I'm really uh, interested in kind of your thoughts on it. Also, as someone um, have you. uh, Are you like American at all.
0: No, not even a little bit. I I am American. Yes, Mm -hmm. South American. Okay, Uh, I, I was born in Switzerland, but raised in South America. You know, but uh the, the idea of American dream is 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 very well exported, you know, and uh we we get uh you know at least the distorted version of that. So so mm-hmm. no, not 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 a native in that sense. Yeah. Um so I just uh so
1: so sort of all of this work after after I've worked on it and been just committed to this I mean idea of me wanting to like make twenty twenty happen for me mm-hmm. uh, i I've learned that the American dream has kind of shifted um, whereas I think maybe like the previous Renaissance in art was around like the eighties and definitely revolved around new york city uh and and then it was it was very much about just being able to like kind of buy things and that was sort of the great american dream was to be able to like buy a house you know buy a car and i think i've seen and so then versus now the american dream is about like doing what you want being able yeah. to passion and uh and you see that kind of playing out in in the way that social media has become such a large part of our lives and and it's opened us up to you know a lot of people can be freelancers and um still probably most people have maybe like regular jobs or work several jobs. But, you know, you can kind of like freelance and do something on the side and then turn that into what you do. And that and that pursuing what you want is is really kind of the realization of the American dream or like the constant re-realization of the American dream, because there's also something about the American dream that that is just. it's about being able to do what you want when you want to do it. And it's that kind of freedom. Um, So it can, so, you
0: know, it's like always changing also. Interesting. And, um, And you're bringing those into paintings. So you're kind of distilling this idea of an American dream into paintings by at the same time, you're reinforcing this idea just because through paintings and being able to adapt from photography uh, to paintings, you are kind of living this new American dream, you know, mm-hmm. wanting to be an artist, wanting to, to um, trail your own path, as you might say. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, mm-hmm. by, by you becoming an artist, you are taking part of this new American dream.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like uh, so, so the painting, uh, this this painting, the New Americans, um, I that I made for the painting that I made for Larry Gagosian. It's a, a silhouette of the Kardashian family. Um, they they are someone who I think is emblematic of the American dream uh, in, in in America, but they also have kind of an international, worldwide presence mm-hmm. at this point. And how they they started out. As, as a family that, that was working really hard to, uh, to, to kind of flaunt their wealth. And now that they've gained like this enormous wealth and prestige, you can see them, I mean, this is the last season of their television show. You can see them moving away from kind of like the limelight. And, and I think that's kind of like the tension of the American dream is this kind of like rise from obscurity to prestige and then back again and then you kind of see that you can see that in the painting where where I make it just it's a very stark black and white or it's a very stark like red and blue um you know something i i wanted in this series of work i wanted to bring the energy of like an abstract expressionist painting but give it give it the clarity of like the pop art paintings so feel kind of this just really really intense energy coming from the work but Um, But there's like a very, very clear idea that that I'm communicating with like the image that I'm using, you know, if it's the Kardashians or like the Nirvana logo or the Beatles, um, if there's like a very clear, uh, simple entry point into the work, you can like Google Kardashian or Nirvana and then
0: It's iconographic, you know, it's icons that that we might not be familiar of seeing them on a painting format but they are icons that we have to do with day in and day out and i think that that really helps to uh lower the entry level barrier you know for for you know uh people to appreciate your art and i think it's very interesting also because then it has a a a chance to democratize a little bit because you're making art that can be understand you know by regular folk that might not have a super background in art, so that's uh, that's nice, you know, like make everything a little bit less pretentious. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you know, keep, keep, like I, I also just love like the nerdy things, but the no. thing, someone maybe, if the first artist that i learned about was like Wolfgang Tillman's or, you know, Ryan McGinley's like early work, it's like, I think it would have taken me a little bit longer to like get into it. Or like even like Nicole Eisenman's work maybe. Um, you know, I I went to the Whitney Biennial with my sister, and I'm such a big fan of Nicole Eisenman's work. But uh, you know, my sister she she works in uh like in uh the financial tech sector, New um, York City, and you know she lo- saw Nicole Eisenman's work and was like, why are, what's up with like all these like kind of sad you know frumpy dudes walking around? And it's like for me, I kind of see. I, I sort of see this like American art, you know, she's a French artist coming, coming to America and uh, ma- making this kind of avant-garde work. And I find it um, really interesting, these scenes, and they're, they're kind of comforting in a way. Um, but for her coming from the non-art world, she's kind of like, you know, like turned off from it. And it's like <laughs> um, versus like someone like cause allows like a real entry point. Um, and, you know, artists, they're both kind of like sides of
0: the same coin
1: that I find, um, you know, equally uh, like important to me in my practice.
0: Yeah, I think the first one feels a little bit like a inside joke that you need to know five yeah. layers of jokes before mm-hmm. you get to, to understand what that art about. And it causes like, oh, yeah, uh, isn't that, you know, square Pants is SpongeBob, you know, in that painting. And it's just much more you know, uh, relatable, I I think. Um, so what's, what's next, what's, what's coming up after this exhibition is uh, painting going to be your main thing now? Did you fall in love with the medium?
1: Uh, I definitely, I definitely really like it, but I'm, I'm always, I'm always taking photographs. I'll never, I'll never stop doing that. Uh, and all of the paintings that I make, they, they come for the most part from photographs. Uh, so, uh, what I have coming up next, I'm uh, finishing up this exhibition and then uh, going, going back up to New York soon to uh, continue working on painting. Um, I have finished this body of work and now I'm uh, just uh, looking for like a museum exhibition.
0: Yeah. And um, how are you gonna make Galgosy and see your painting? What's the strategy with that?
1: Uh Well, I'll send it to him. Um, <laughs> I, I had an exhibition in New York and Brooklyn in my apartment and uh, I sent them an invitation. Um, they they said at the time that they weren't taking any new work. <laughs> but, but, you know, if there's anything that I've learned by uh, th- through all of this work is just to set, set a clear vision, set a clear goal and uh, continue to share it, you know, the right person will uh, will see the way that I see.
0: Yeah, and you miss all the shots you don't take, so keep inviting him to all your exhibitions, and you know, at some point, he's gonna get fed up and see what the fuss was all about. <laughs> oh, Blair, uh, Thanks a lot for joining us. This was Blair LeBlanc from Atlanta. Yeah, thank you and, so much. Thanks for joining us.
1: All right, great, I'll see you later. See you on Instagram. Bye. Yeah, of
0: course, ciao.